Welcome to the July 2020 episode of RCB Clips. I'm Chris, a member of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center team. We've been caught up in a whirlwind of activity at the RCVRC, so we wanted to record an episode updating you on what we're working on now and what we've got planned for the rest of 2020. Rosemary Blizzard, our business and communications manager, and Kelly Sechrist, our new development director, are joining me today to give you all an update on the RCVRC's work. Hey, Rosemary and Kelly, thanks so much for getting on today. Great, thanks for having us. Hey, Chris. Um, as you mentioned, we do have a new um, victim, I mean, employee. <laughs> Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center team, this is Kelly Sechrist. And Kelly, I'm going to let you introduce yourself uh, so you can kind of give our listeners a, a brief update on how you got here and, and what you're going to be doing for us. Fantastic. I am so excited to join the team. Um, I joined back in May, if you can believe that. It feels like it was maybe yesterday. <laughs> um, I come to RCVRC with a long history of development and fundraising with nonprofits, but I'm fairly new to the elections side of things, other than some candidate um, campaign experience in the late uh, 2000s. 2010 era. Um, really glad to be here. I can't wait to talk a little bit more about the development that we're going to be doing uh, with the organization later on in the podcast. And, and Kelly, let me say, we are thrilled to have you. Well, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we would start with some of the fun stuff. Uh, Rosemary and Kelly, can you tell our listeners about the new logos we're uh, considering and our new branding? We are really excited to have to be working with a um, designer, Laurie Sullivan Design, um, to really rebrand and bring some new energy and life to our um, logo. So, and also actually our social media branding and our website branding. Um, so, there's a lot going on with that. Rosemary, you want to tell a little bit about what we're doing online right now? Sure. Um, one of the exciting things that we decided to do, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into picking a logo and, and talking to the designer about what we want to convey as a logo. And one of the really good things is we obviously got in touch with a great designer because she gave us way more options than we could pick from. <laughs> so, um, we decided to, you know, put our, our money where our mouth is and open up uh, a, a logo selection ranked choice voting style online for our listeners through social media, through um, the individuals that we you know, communicate with via email and such, just the opportunity to rank their choices. And we're, we're anxiously watching the outcome. We're getting a, a couple of votes a day and we've been very overwhelmed with the turnout. And we are looking forward to closing out the voting on July 31st and announcing the winner on August the 3rd. And we will be using our tabulator and hopefully our visualizer to display those results. And it's right now, without giving away too much, it is neck and neck. For <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm really excited, too, to see how much... Um, movement we've had on our social media because of this. I think the first day that we released the ranked choice voting poll for the logos, we had almost 3,000 people that saw the post. So we're really excited to to get that out there and have people paying attention and looking at um, our awesome new logo possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that really sort of struck home a, a few days after we had uh, posted the logo choices and I had shared 
the ability to vote in that those questions. Um, on my own personal, a distant friend of mine commented. She said, "I've been watching you post this, and I really couldn't decide what was my favorite, and so I had put off making my selection." And I felt really bad about it because I didn't want to, you know, not participate. So finally, when you reposted it a few days later, she said, I said, fine, I'll just go in and I'll vote for one. And she said, I was so excited to see that we were using the ranked choice voting because then I didn't have to just pick one. I could tell you what I liked, you know, in terms of what my possible favorite was, but then I could also give some some credit to my second choice. And she said, that would be so amazing if we could do that for all of our election choices and not just the logo. So that was that was letting me know that our message is getting through on this. And that's really exciting because it's a lot of fun. But it's also, you know, letting people who don't have the opportunity to use ranked choice voting to, to get a little taste of it. The propaganda is working. <laughs> just like we planned <laughs> but you know what Chris as much as you know, we laugh and joke about that you know I think it would be nice to go to the polls and not feel as though you were limited to just picking one um, you know she was saying it was such a relief I felt relieved mm-hmm. and what a wonderful thing it would be for people to go to the polls now and in the future and be relieved at what they're doing at their participation in what keeps us going as a country, as opposed to, you know, anger or, or feeling like their vote doesn't count or feeling like they're, nothing's going to change whether they go or not. And so I just, I, it really hit home with me, her comments, and, and I was just thrilled to read them. I think also, just to piggyback on that, by putting this style of voting out on social media, out on our website, um, people have the ability to become familiar with it, so it doesn't feel so foreign, um, and it does then gives them, you know, a, an open mind to trying it down the road, hopefully in elections. So, right. it's exciting stuff. People, yeah, we we just want people to, you know, get an experience, get a taste of it, and see how it feels to use ranked choice voting instead of just having to choose between the lesser of two evils. Yay for us! I'm really excited to see uh, the results of that poll. Me too. We can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. We'll include a link to the poll in in the notes for this episode and be sure to vote before your time is up. So, Rosemary, I think now it's time to talk a bit about our new website. What can you tell our listeners about uh, our new domain? Well, we have a new domain. We have previously been the rankedchoicevoting.org. And we will be moving over, hopefully, within, by the end of August, um, to rcvresources.org. The, um, I've been working with our web designer for a couple of months now, and and every time we get together and we get really excited about the new design and the new look, and, of course, we're going to incorporate the new logo and some new color schemes, you know, he, he always prefaces it with, the good news is, is you guys have a lot of content. The bad news is, is you guys have a lot of content. So um, we are excited that, you know, we're going to have a new look. We're going to have a new logo, a new, a new um, internet handle, so to speak. But our content is, you know, we hope that the one thing that all of this change does is get that content a little more organized, a little more um easier to find on the website and so that people using our website 
can really, you know, get the, the full bang for their buck, so to speak, on getting information about ranked choice voting, good and updated information about ranked choice voting. So we're excited. It is moving a little slower than we'd like, but as, as I often said, to the, especially to the media on election night, when they would be sort of pounding on my desk going, can I have the results now? And I would just simply look at them with all the sweetness I could and say, do you want them right or do you want them right now? <laughs> um, those are your options, right or right now. So we're really working hard to get that out and we really want to make sure that it's a good, solid product once we get there. And so we're super excited. We will be, you know, of course, blasting it from the rooftops and through our email mailing list and through our social media when it's ready. And we're we're really excited about the new look and the uh, presenting our content in a little bit clearer way for our users. But all of the work that we're doing this this summer and leading into this fall is not just all on Kelly or me, Chris. You've got some involvement too with. Um, the tabulator. Can you update us a little bit? You know, we we did an update, I think, last November about where the tabulator was. Can you bring our listeners up to what's going on with the tabulator since then? Absolutely. Uh, so as much as this is something I'm updating on, I want to give credit, especially to our developers, uh, Bright Spots who are out in the Bay Area, who are doing this all volunteer for free, and our project manager, Keith, who have been, they've all just been doing incredible work building this software uh, over the last few years now, actually, and, you know, getting it tested, getting it out there in the world, getting it ready to be used in real life elections. So the big things that have happened since last fall are we're adding compatibility with all the other uh, major voting system vendors. For the longest time, we were just compatible with ESNS software or ESNS data. Um, but we've now added compatibility with Dominion and Heart, and we're also adding compatibility with Clear Ballot and Unison. So once that's done, um, we'll be compatible with 99% of all voting systems used in the United States, which is a huge leap forward for us um, and honestly for voting systems generally. There has never been a an open source piece of software that's compatible with every vendor's data format. So this is, uh, it's huge for ranked choice voting, but I, I honestly think it's also huge for providing transparency to how our elections operate and how, how data gets transmitted and used in our elections. So I'm really excited about that. And to that end, we're also updating the UI of the tabulator. We worked with the Center for Civic Design, who we've done a lot of work with in the past, and it's always been such a pleasure working with them. But we worked with them uh, this spring on an update to the user interface to make it more usable and make it more approachable for someone who is new to ranked choice voting or, you know, something we learned in the process of, of that, of the UI testing, of the designing, was that when we spoke to election administrators, they're only looking at, at ranked choice voting every couple of years. We live and breathe it. So when we're putting together something like the tabulator, we come with our particular expectations about familiarity with ranked choice voting, about what all the different jargon in this voting method means. And we, it was really helpful for us to have conversations with people, with administrators in jurisdictions using ranked choice voting and jurisdictions that haven't used it, uh, learning about 
how they would approach using this specialized piece of software. Uh, and I think those conversations really helped us build a product that will just make it easier for somebody to jump in and mm-hmm. use and um, just makes the whole concept of ranked choice voting a little bit more approachable, which I'm really excited about. So we're, we're working both on those big updates to compatibility with other vendor data and uh, just improving the UI. And we're submitting the tabulator for testing um, at the end of the summer to ProVNV, who is one of the voting system test labs that we've worked with in the past. Uh, so they're going to go through and test all those new functionalities we've added and make sure that everything works the way we say it does so that the tabulator can be used in as many jurisdictions as possible uh, starting this fall, which is really exciting to see. That's amazing. Um especially since a lot of times when jurisdictions are, are dealing with or, or trying to decide whether or not they want to go to ranked choice voting as an option, you know, a lot of times the cost factor and the age of their voting equipment is is as much a hurdle as, as anything is when mm-hmm. trying, trying to change. Um, so it, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that with this advanced use of, of other of other voting systems, the ability to work with other voting systems that, you know, that's going to open up and, and free up a lot of those concerns about money and new equipment and, and workarounds and things of that nature that we run into a lot with, with jurisdictions and right choice voting. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, the tabulator is free. It's open source. You can download it anytime you want from uh, our website. And it's, it does help jurisdictions get over that hurdle. They don't need to buy new equipment to work with it. They just need to make sure, you know, their equipment has the right software to output data that will work with ours. And we've been collaborating with all of the vendors on these software updates uh, as much as we can so that they know also they have institutional knowledge too about how the tabulator works and what they what their uh, customers will need in order to use the tabulator. So we're, we just want to make sure that it's as smooth as possible to get this one really important step done for administrators when it comes time to, you know, to actually run a ranked choice voting election. Again, we're right back to right or right now. Um, So that's all. And I can also announce that later in the year we'll do, this has sort of become an annual thing, a, sort of a tabulator update webinar for those that want to take a deeper dive into the changes and what's going on with the, the tabulators. Is that, that correct? Yeah, of course. We I feel like this is sort of becoming an annual thing for us. Um, I, I think I sort of hope one day we can have a, a piece of software that isn't radically evolving and changing every year. But right now, it's been it's just been growing so much as a tool and in becoming more and more functional and just becoming a more effective thing that we have such huge updates every year. And I'm excited to, to really dive into the details on that later this fall. We'll try to schedule that. You know, usually I think last year it was in November after mm-hmm. the, and, and maybe we'll, we'll sort of keep it on that same timeline after everybody gets a chance to take a deep breath from whatever happens on November the 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully by then we'll be able to think about something besides November the 3rd. Well, awesome. That is to hear that the tabulator is coming along and and growing as much as we are these days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you. 
Yeah. Well, and, you know, the the big, big final step every time we have one of these updates is getting it tested and getting it tested is not the cheapest thing in the world. We got to be able to pay for it. So with that, I'm going to ask Kelly, uh, you're the new development director. What have you been doing to develop? Well, thanks, Chris. Um, you know, it's exciting to come into a relatively new organization. Um, we're really working on developing strategy for you know, getting our name out there and talking to people who are interested in funding the space. Um, we're very lucky to already be funded by a couple of foundations, the Hewlett Foundation and Arnold Ventures. They're two organizations that are pretty widely recognized as um, dedicated to reform in this area and dedicated to ranked choice voting implementation, which, you know, we really serve as the bridge from the, you know, what the advocates do, the legislators pass legislation, eventually we hope. And then we really come in as that third step and help the implementation actually happen. And that's a really important piece of the process. Um, so we want to make sure people understand that. Um, I, right now, I'm spending a lot of time relationship building. Um, I appreciate all the connections that the staff has brought to me. Um, you know, I look forward to meeting more people, but really talking with other organizations who are working in election reform and working in implementation of um, the things that are being reformed, um, talking with a lot of different funders, um, spending a lot of time, you know, just kind of getting a feel for what is available in this area. Um, another big goal that I have, and I want to really start working on this, and we've been putting in the groundwork with our social media, with our new website, um, is to really create an individual donor program as well. Um, we love getting money from foundations. We love working with foundations because we know collectively we can make a whole lot of impact on um, the, the things that we're doing. But I think there's also, you know, people out there who want to give to things like this um, individually. And I think that can make a lot of impact as well. And give them, you know, whether it's a small $10 donor that says, Hey, I believe in you, I believe in this, but this is what I have to give or a large hundred thousand dollar donor, hint, hint. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think those have a place in our, in our development plan and a place in our organization, because we really want to be accessible, um, not only with ranked choice voting, but also, with the ability to impact, um, you know, the implementation of ranked choice voting by putting your dollars um, toward that. Um, we've also had another big project going on. Um, we discovered that, you know, we really um, want to make sure that we are compliant and doing things the right way as fundraisers. So we're registering with the states. Um, it's been an interesting journey for me because I am not an attorney or a CPA, and I have learned a tremendous amount of um information and I, I guess maybe skills at this point um, with how to, to read different regulations from states. And we're lucky, Chris, that you're here and a part of that as our resident attorney <laughs> who can help me pick through the stuff I do not um, understand. And, and we can all kind of work together to figure that out. But really excited about, you know, where our development plan is going to lead, where our fundraising is going to lead over the next um, couple of years. We're going to be doing some strategic planning to really um, solidify what we want to happen and how we want to fund that um, coming up here in the fall. So I'm just glad to be part of the team. We're excited to have you. I wonder if we should have, <laughs> if there's any NPR listeners, uh, have one of those day-long fundraising drives. Podcast. Oh, I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about oh, trying man. anything. <laughs> uh. 
Well, the one thing that as we, you know, expand how we collect revenue is, you know, I want anybody to understand whether you give $1 or $1 million, we appreciate every single penny mm-hmm. and work very hard to um, make sure that it is spent efficiently. Yeah, we really want we really want to make sure that message is out there that, you know, we are good stewards of your money and we're, we're doing the things that we say we're doing. We're doing the things that are going to create um, the right space for ranked choice voting to be implemented and implemented correctly. Well, with that, I'll, I'll ask one last question about our future plans. Rosemary, can you uh, talk a bit about our RCV map project? Uh, that has been a project that's been growing actually for several years because, Chris, I think you had some um, initial toe-dipping into that those waters a few years ago. And then we realized as we were talking about sort of the content that we have available to um, our listeners and our users of, of our materials that, you know, what if we expanded this? So... In, in short, the, the RCB map project, and you'll hear us sometimes refer to it as the state assessment project as well, is we're taking the opportunity, and Chris and Melissa, who's another employee of ours, are diving so deep into all 50 states plus the District of Columbia in looking at how ready are they for RCB. Um, you know, we're not trying to pick on anybody. It's not a getcha gotcha project. But we're just taking a look at how their elections are structured, how their ballots are designed, how centralized the process is for getting results out to the people, as well as their voting systems, and sort of assessing where are they in the, the scheme of if they wanted to implement RCV, how easily or not so easily, what would have to happen in order for them to be able to adopt it. And, you know, I think our biggest impact that we want this to make is, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are working on the ground with grassroots efforts to further RCV in their own jurisdictions, whether it be at the local level or state level. But what if, you know, we thought, what if these assessments could help them develop their plan, help them speak the language of elections in that particular state? help them understand that while it in, in one state or another, it may be wonderful to go out and get signatures, but if the law can't be changed via signatures, would you know, are they spinning their wheels? So we hope that the, the state assessment project, once it's finished, and we're looking at a, a late September uh, publication date, once that's finished, we the first pass is, is a really high-level view of how, how states organize their elections, and where they are in terms of could they implement RCV if they so chose to do to do that. And then depending on how well that's received and how much we can and focus on this project is, you know, we can always uh, strengthen those assessments as the years go by and update them frequently and, and just really be a good snapshot for advocates and the general public and lawmakers and elections administrators to kind of understand where are we in the process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've sort of pitched this idea to a few different groups and it's been met with extreme excitement about how nice it would be to be able to, to pick up a report and go, this is maybe a better idea of where to start than not. So 
Um, we're really excited about it. It's a lot of work because we are sort of, we're birthing it from, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, it is truly, you know, we're going to have 51 kids when this is done. And so there's a lot of personal investment in it. There's a lot of stressing that it's not going to be um, as, as detailed as we'd like it to be. And, you know, how much is too much. And, and we, we've also realized that you can research it to death. So we've, we've learned a lot about our personal, <laughs> our personal, um, peculiarities of, about, you know, when do you stop and making mm-hmm. sure that you have a good report with good information and not so much that you lose sight of the, the end goal. So we're super excited about it. It's going to be featured on our website. Um, initially, we'll probably just publish the, the individual reports, but, you know, we'd like maybe down the road to be able to do a an annual printable report for all 50 states plus the plus D.C., um, and then, you know, we'll gussy it up a little bit on our website as well to make that a little more fun to use, but it's, it's, it's a great project. It is, we're excited about it. We are excited about it. You know, it's really energizing as I'm talking to people through these development conversations. When I mentioned this project, people, their ears perk up, their eyes brighten. They are really excited to, to know that there's someone out there looking at, who's ready for RCV. So I think it's a great project. I'm excited and a little terrified to see how people react. (laughs) So far, so good. I haven't had anyone yet kind of go, well, why are you doing that? Um, I think everybody sees the benefit of, you know, RCV is as much as it it has crawled across this nation in the last couple of years. It is still kind of looked at, and, and this is my personal perspective, but kind of looked at as a, small local jurisdiction thing. And this, I think, is probably one of the first, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the first overviews for the whole nation that people who realize, hey, we could do this nationwide if we wanted to. And, you know, we're sort of giving them kind of a, here's a sneak peek into how that might work. Um, it's certainly not necessarily going to be the the final uh, be all end all be all solution, but it if it gives one person the ability to formulate their plan effectively, then it's been worth every minute of it. And I know I, the thing I always have to come back to because I really love a rabbit hole is that this is the start of the conversation. I don't think it's possible for us to answer every possible question. You have to answer in implementation. We want to start that conversation. We want to be able to work with administrators, with advocates when they start thinking about this critically and just have a good, strong foundation mm-hmm. from where to start that conversation. It's it's going to be interesting to see when it is finished, you know, what it what it does for, like you said, what it does for the conversation, because I think yeah. it's really going to, you know, where. If, if someone says, well, it just can't be done, well, you can take this this report and go, well, I see what you're saying, but these are the items that if they were to change, it could be done. So why can't mm-hmm. we talk about it? Yep, exactly, exactly. Well, I think that's enough of an update for today. I'm sure we'll do a podcast episode about every single one of these things standalone uh, yeah. in the next few months also. So be, for, be sure to tune in for those also. Thanks so much, Kelly and Rosemary, for getting on and and chatting today. 
It's exciting to hear all the things we're doing all put together in one place. (laughs) Exciting, overwhelming. It's everything. Terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not a little scared, uh, are you really, are you doing it? Right. You got to jump in scared. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And now for this month's final round, where we share an interesting bit of trivia, useful tidbit, or just something we thought was cool for folks to know about ranked choice voting. Here's Kelly Sechrist with this month's final round. Did you know that the Commonwealth of Virginia passed a ranked choice voting local option pilot project this year? The General Assembly passed and the governor signed HB 1103 this spring. Now any city or county in the Commonwealth can adopt ranked choice voting for their city or county governing body elections. The bill goes into effect in July of 2021 and will permit RCV elections until at least July of 2031. This groundbreaking RCV expansion makes this month's final round. Thank you for joining us today for our July RCV clip. This is a monthly segment produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RCV Resources, on Facebook and LinkedIn at Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, and check out our website, rankedchoicevoting.org, for more RCV resources. Remember, too, that we'll have a new domain soon, rcvresources.org. You can find our show anywhere you get podcasts. Please take some time to subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast, too. Our theme music is Flutterbee by Poddington Bear. We hope you're all staying safe and healthy and protecting yourselves and your loved ones from COVID-19. Until next time, I'm Chris Hughes on behalf of Rosemary Blizzard, Kelly Sechrist, and the rest of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center.